let's go back in time a little bit. Over 100 years ago, what the landscape of our natural forests would have been across America, but especially here in the Carolinas. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. I'm Bill Barty. And I'm Wes Lawson. Wes, uh, uh, over 100 years ago, 25% of our natural forest, uh, something that was relied on by people, for food, it was relied on for animals for food, it was relied on for homesteads, cabins, buildings across the land to be built. It was a tree called the American chestnut. Which would be, of course, a deciduous tree of the beech family. Bill, I told you this earlier. Once upon a time in Europe, books were made out of beech Ah, wood. yes. They were tablet and in German... That was called a Bach, which sounds an awful lot like book. That is where we get the term book. Learned it here on the Carolina Outdoors. Beach to Bach to book. Well, in related news, I guess if the chestnut is in that beech tree mm-hmm. family, we're going to learn a little bit about trees. But something really bad happened at the turn of the 20th century. It was a, a bacterial blight mm-hmm. that came in from Asia. Mm-hmm. And decimated over 4 billion of the American chestnut trees. That's billion with a B. With a B. So is is it all for naught? Is it gone? The American Chestnut Foundation says no. And with that, we're going to bring on Doug Gillis from the American Chestnut Foundation to give us a lay of the land here in the 21st century regarding this tree. Doug, welcome. Well, thank you, Bill. Thanks. And Wes? Glad to be on. Well, we always love having you, especially when you're bringing good news. Now, this is good news involving the long run. We kind of gave that background of the American chestnut, but you know things uh, that are happening now, planning for the future. Talk to us about the 21st century chestnut tree and the plan to, uh, I guess, regain its foothold in this country from where it used to be over 100 years ago. Yes, the American Chestnut Foundation is involved in restoring the American chestnut to our eastern forest and woodlands. So one effort is a breeding program been going on for more than 30 years to introduce uh, blight resistance from Chinese chestnuts into Americans and then selecting the best of those to continue with uh, a breeding effort to bring the tree back into the forest. But a new development is a Darling 58 transgenic American chestnut tree, which has a wheat gene inserted into it, and then that wheat gene reacts to the fungus that attacks uh, the tree and keeps it from uh, killing it. So the tree lives even though it's being attacked. So that is a very promising new development. Well, and so that involves three different things, and I, I guess you just mentioned them, but I'm going to ask you about the, the, the third thing. The, the, third, uh, the three items making up that Darling 58 project, there's traditional breeding, uh, biotech breeding or biotechnology involved in that that you just mentioned. The third is biocontrol. Can you talk to us about what that is? Is that keeping people from the tree uh, well, the biocontrol actually refers to another effort to use uh, 
uh, a virus called a, a retro or a virus that attacks the blight and ah. kind of develops in conjunction with the fungus that's on the tree and then keeps it from killing the tree. So it's just another effort uh, to use other controls beyond the breeding and the Starling 58 tree to help restore the American chestnut. So, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, things underway and efforts to bring the tree back uh, into the forest. So, Doug, you know, the American chestnut at one time had a, a large, dense range, and it was a, I mean, it was a big tree, 100 feet with a circumference of almost 13 feet. That's changed a little bit post-blight, which now has been over 100 years, but how will the Darling 58, do we know kind of how it will grow, what it will be like with this little bit of sort of biomedical engineering to help save this species? Well, the advantage of the Darling 58 is that it's got all of the genes of the American chestnut, so the only different gene is this wheat gene that gives it uh, the ability to resist the uh, fungal attacks from chestnut blight. Uh, hmm. So it should grow uh, just as tall as the American chestnuts in the past have grown and is big in diameter. Now, these big trees you're referring to, they may be 100 or more years old, and fortunately there's some of these trees still around, mm-hmm. but they're out on the West Coast. Pioneers took uh, seedlings and seed west with them, planted them, back in the 1800s, and uh, I've had the privilege of going and standing underneath some of these big trees, so uh, that's just part of the promise of what can happen back here in the east with uh, restoration of trees in our eastern forest. Yeah, I think a lot of people have seen a chestnut tree and they don't know it because I think the average person walking around can pick out a pine tree and maybe a cedar tree. What is it, how would we find a chestnut amongst all the others? Well, it's helpful to be able to identify especially the leaves because once the there are seedlings out in the forest, uh, this fungus does not attack the roots, so trees will sprout up and get sometimes six, eight inches in diameter before the blight attacks them and kills them. But a good resource is the American Chestnut Foundation website, acf.org. And there, not only can you uh, look at a, look at the Darling 58 tree and learn a lot about it by clicking on uh, that on the banner, you can also drop down and see something that says, have you found a chestnut? Click on mm. there, and then there will be information about how to identify uh, the various species of chestnut, especially the American chestnut, it has a very distinctive leaf, uh, kind of long canoe shaped with uh, teeth that uh, curl on the very end. So it's, it's, it's easy to identify once you know what to look for. And uh, American Chestnut Foundation is encouraging people to get out of the woods and file, find wild Americans. And uh, we use those in our breeding program, especially with this Darling 58 being released, hopefully this summer, we'll be able to pollinate wild Americans and then produce more diversity into the uh, number of trees that are available for restoration. And some species of trees don't need another to pollinate, but chestnut, American chestnut trees cannot self-pollinate. Is that correct? 
that's correct. They, it takes two to cross. Uh, they will cross with other varieties, but uh, you need the two different trees. And fortunately, there are trees in the uh, wood still that are close enough together that they will cross-pollinate. And uh, we have a member here in the Carolinas that collects a lot of nuts uh, walking the Appalachian Trail. We have an event planned on April 15th at our seed orchard in Edneyville, North Carolina, which is uh, between Back Cave and Hendersonville. And we'll be planting a lot of wild Americans, and then we'll be using those later as they grow up and start flowering to cross with uh, the starling 58 pollen. Yeah, I, I guess, and, and if you're just joining us here on the Carolina Outdoors with Wes Lawson and Bill Barty, we're talking to Doug Gillis from the American Chestnut Foundation about this heritage tree that was so large, and we've lost uh, in the past 100-plus years 4 billion of them. But, Doug, we didn't really necessarily lose them all. The tree never went extinct. It still um, grows uh, from the roots, it's just when it gets up to a certain size that the blight strikes, even today. I don't know if it's 10 feet, 15 feet, nothing like the you know tens of feet, 80-foot trees that it was. But is that correct? The tree can still grow. It's just once it gets to a certain height, the old original American chestnut, then, it, then it's stricken by the blight? Right. Uh, the tree still survives out of the forest, and it will get up to uh, as much as six or eight inches in diameter. But ultimately, the blight resides on other trees, and it'll find an American chestnut and then enter into the bark and girdle the tree. Everything above that point dies. Uh, Now, sprouts may continue from stumps, uh, and the tree just tries to keep replicating itself, but it has no natural ability to resist this fungal blight attack. And so these trees we're breeding, especially the Darling 58, will have resistance and can survive out in the forest and resist the blight and grow grow to a large size eventually. Now, at one point, chestnut trees, American chestnut trees in particular, were highly sought after because the wood was so easy to saw and to work with but still so strong like other hardwoods. It didn't have kind of the... the um, radial end that can make it hard to work with um it was sort of unique but here in charlotte there is at least one known location that the interior of the building was entirely constructed from pre-blight american chestnut is that correct uh yes uh hawthorne lane united methodist church may be what you're referring to there is a uh the sanctuary has uh chestnut wood in it and a vaulted ceiling made of chestnut wood. I think that was constructed about 1915. Mm. Wow. So Hawthorne Lane Methodist Church has an interior design of of chestnut, and that was not uncommon, I guess, because that was the prevalent, again, 25% of the natural forest made up of the American chestnut, and it's we're talking to Doug Gillis about that with the American Chestnut Foundation Doug, you mentioned April 15th, but on uh, April 22nd, Earth Day, um, there's going to be a debuting of a new, I guess it's a documentary um, on the chestnut. Are you going to be on hand for that? Uh, And and tell us about that uh, debut. 
I'll be attending this premiere showing of the uh, documentary film that's titled Clear Day Thunder, Rescuing the American Chestnut, uh, about a 40-minute long film uh, will be shown there. And then later it'll be available for uh, people to to schedule showings. Uh, we're hopeful to maybe have a showing at the Arboretum again at a later date. The public will be able to attend uh, this first showing on the 5th, 22nd of April uh, is by invitation only right now. But the film itself, uh, you can go on to the acf.org website, and up on the top banner there's a place to click Chestnut Documentary, and you can see a trailer for the film to just whet people's appetite. And, well, it's got a lot of stars in there. you got some Almond Brothers in there, Dolly Parton's in there, President Jimmy Carter. They're all a part of this documentary. Oh, yeah, they're, they're some of the luminaries, and uh, so... It's interesting. Chuck Lavelle, for example, uh, wow, a keyboardist, I believe, for uh, Rolling Stones and Almond Brothers. He is a tree grower in uh, Georgia. I don't think many people know that, but he's a conservationist. And Dolly Parton, she Lo- got involved because of her uncle Bill Owens uh, was very, very much interested in American chestnut. Uh, and President Jimmy Carter, he's a a uh, charter, or he, he is a uh, honorary member of the American Chestnut Foundation on their board, and uh, I was fortunate to meet him a, a number of years ago and talk to him about the American Chestnut. But it's nice to have all those people that are helping promote the restoration of the American Chestnut. No kidding. You'll Good see. for Chuck Lavelle. Most of those rock stars are growing something else out there in the woods, not tre- chestnut trees. Well, I don't know about that. But, he went uh, from planting pot to potting plants bill <laughs> i'm glad you got, got there sorry doug it, we went on you're, you're okay but wh- but i mean truthfully where would we be without dolly parton i mean every time oh, yeah. that lady she's the last great american i tell you what <laughs> she is amazing in everywhere uh and i guess doug we can go to acf.org to learn ab- about all of that whether it be the uh, chestnut documentary whether it be about the earth day uh, things going on, whether it be about the Darling 58 tree. But what about the local uh, group? How do we participate? Can we also get to you through the acf.org? Uh, yes. Uh, well, we encourage people to join. Uh, yes. And it's very economical. For $40 a year, you can join, uh, be a member. And if you're in the Carolinas, you're all automatically a, a member of the Carolinas chapter, uh, the state you live in. And notices will be posted on the Carolina chapter uh, webpage that will announce opportunities to volunteer. We also just maintain a list of people interested in volunteering, so they get notices sent out to uh, alert them to these opportunities. Uh so you get to get go out into an orchard area, help plant uh, seedlings, uh, or maintain trees that are in the orchard. Uh, we encourage people to just organize hikes, go out and look for American chestnuts, and uh, identify their location and report those back to us. 
So it, there are a lot of good opportunities. Yes, Doug. This might be a bad question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because if you're um, if you are traveling from from one forest to another, is there a, ch- a, a, a chance of spreading the spore from from a sick tree to a well tree even now? Yeah, that is a possibility, uh, and we we encourage people not to uh, wear the same shoes or clothing or carry a backpack that they've been uh-huh. out in the woods with when they're going to look particularly at a American chestnut that is a very prized tree. Uh, so, yeah, people need to take precautions. Uh, root rot's another problem, so it it's... attacks the roots, but uh, we actually, when we're planting those trees to test them out and see what their resistance to root rot is, we'll use uh, water with uh, chlorine bleach in it, just cleaner tools, cleaner shoes, make sure we don't spread the spores from the root rot pathogen. Well, you... You, what you have worked on the past 30 years or so is a gift to the future because it is a part of the legacy, returning this uh, uh, iconic heritage tree that made up 25% of our natural forest because it'll be, you know, moving into the future that returning this iconic chestnut to its native range will matter. Doug Gillis, American Chestnut Foundation, thank you for jumping on with us here on the Carolina Outdoors. Well, you're very welcome, and uh, like I say, I encourage you to join, and other people join, uh, help restore this tree back to the eastern forest. Go to acf.org for more information and to join, just as he said. We're going to take a quick break, come back and wrap up the Carolina Outdoors. He's Wes Lawson. I'm Bill Barty. After these messages.